Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. In this week's lesson, you're going to discover how to efficiently and effectively practice the minor sound melodically. You're going to learn how to use scale and arpeggio motion to thoroughly explore the minor sound, and you are going to play the entire C minor sound from the root to 13. Before we dig in, I want to stress that even though today I am discussing and modeling for you the way I practice the minor sound, it's actually the way I practice all sounds, major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished. It's just that today I'm going to focus on specifically the minor sound, Dorian mode which is simply a fancy way, an academic way, of saying that I am treating the minor sound as a two chord. So, the C minor scale we are using today is actually the B flat major scale starting on the note C. So it's gonna be C, D, E flat, F, G, A, and B flat. Don't get caught up in the mental gymnastics. Just think of it as the C minor scale. Before we dig in, as I always do, I want to stress the importance of taking the time to listen to this podcast, regardless as to whether or not you believe that the topic is too easy or too hard. I promise you, you're going to learn something, something that's going to help you improve as a jazz pianist. So relax and listen. Lots of playing examples today, so let's get to it. Let's discover, learn, and play some very productive ways of practicing minor sound melodically. The very first thing I want to stress is that when you sit down to practice a sound, whether it's a major sound, dominant sound, minor, half diminished, or diminished, make sure that you are going to practice the entire sound. The entire sound includes the root all the way to the 13th. The entire sound includes seven notes. Those seven notes are arranged in either a scale format or an arpeggio format. In a scale format, the seven notes are played sequentially. So for instance, the C minor scale would be C, D, E flat, F, G, A, and B flat. Seven notes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The C minor arpeggio is going to utilize the exact same seven notes. However, we are going to arrange them using an every other note format. So we're going to go C, E flat, G, B flat, D, F, and A. Or root, third, five, the seventh, the ninth, the eleventh, the thirteenth.
So the C minor sound in its entirety as a scale. The C minor sound in its entirety as an arpeggio. Once again as a scale. And once again as an arpeggio. So from now on, I want you to begin thinking of all sounds, including seven notes from the root to the 13th. So if someone asks you to spell the C minor chord, I want you to be able to respond C, E flat, G, B flat, D, F, A. That will certainly get their attention because I'll tell you, nine times out of 10, when I start a new student here at the Dallas School of Music, if I were to ask them to spell the C minor chord nine times out of 10, I'm going to get C, E flat, G. The 10th time, I'll get someone that will say C, E flat, G, B flat. That will actually spell the chord to the seventh. I have never, in 35 years of teaching, had someone say C, E flat, G, B flat, D, F, A. I actually think I would go into shock if someone gave me that response. So today, I want to model for you how I practice the C minor sound from the root to the 13th using scales and arpeggios. Of course, how I model practicing the C minor sound is exactly how I practice all my sounds and would encourage you to begin doing it the same way as well. Another very important point to make, why you want to include the entire sound when you practice is because in doing so, you actually engage the ears. Your ears become truly active in the learning process when you begin practicing sound in its entirety from the root to the 13th. It's so important that the mind, the ears, and the hands are in sync, are actively engaged when practicing. If not, if any one of those three are not actively engaged, you are spinning your wheels and will experience very little success, if any. So, to make sure that your ears stay actively engaged, to make sure that your ears do not tune out, shut down while you're practicing, from this point on, I want you to think of practicing scales and arpeggios, incorporating a very specific launch point and a very specific destination point. And the two shall never ever be the same. In other words, we do not want to play our C minor scale starting on the note C and ending on the note C. We don't want to end where we begin. So traditionally, you'd play the scale like this.
starting on C, ending on C. If our ears could speak, our ears would say to us, what exactly is it that you want us to listen for? What are we trying to absorb? What is it that you want us to retain? Because we actually end up right where we started. Does this make sense? In other words, if, if you end where you start, in essence, what we're hearing is this. Here's what our ears are hearing. Just an octave higher, right? Same thing. So our ears are just hearing this over and over again. Not very good ear training at all. So to prevent this from happening, we are going to make sure that our destination point is different from our launch point. So we are going to practice our scales and our arpeggios from the root to the fifth, or from the root to the seventh, from the root to the ninth, from the root to the 11th, and from the root to the 13th. Check out how different this sounds and what a difference this makes. Here's our C minor scale from the root to the fifth. Once again. So our ears are starting to lock into starting to hear that fifth. Check out how different it is now when I play from the root to the seventh. Root to the seventh. The ears come alive, don't they? Root to the fifth. Root to the seventh. Very different. The ears are actively engaged. So big tip number one, scales and arpeggios are always practiced from a specific destination point to a specific, I mean, sorry, specific launch point to a specific destination point. And the two are never, ever the same. Here's another important tip when practicing scales and arpeggios. Are you ready? Here it is. Make music. In other words, do not practice an exercise, if that's what you want to call it. Do not practice an exercise like their exercises. Be musical. Always practice like you want to play. If you practice like you're playing exercises, then when you play, it's going to sound like exercises. So please, be musical. I tell students all the time that you should practice. You should be practicing in such a way, it should sound so musical, that if someone stepped into the room, they would ask you, what song are you playing? What are you playing? And if you said to them in exercise, I go, no, it should be so musical that they disagree with you, that they don't believe you. 
If you said, well, I'm just, I'm just playing an exercise. They go, no, 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 no. I've, I've heard that song. I've heard that somewhere. That's a specific song. And you're, and you'll crack up because you're like, no, it's, I'm, I'm serious. I'm just playing an exercise. No, 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 no. It's a, that's a Cole Porter tune. I've heard that before. That is when you know you're on the right track. When your practicing sounds so musical that someone is convinced that you're actually playing a song. Okay, tip number three. Pay attention to details. Pay attention to the sound that you're producing, the articulation that you're applying to the notes, the balance of your sound from the bottom of the scale in arpeggio to the top of the scale in, our, in arpeggio. Sound, articulation, balance. We do not speak of or talk about these aspects of playing enough. So in order to have focus on sound and articulation and balance, I want you to create space between your scales and arpeggios. You're gonna see this when I model how I practice. Uh, you're gonna see it, you're gonna hear it when, you, when I model for you how I practice my scales and arpeggios. By creating space, you're capable of assessing and making adjustments between each scale and between each arpeggio to improve your sound, your articulation, and your balance. So important to just not go through the motions. So important to stay focused and to, and to um, pay attention to your sound, your articulation, and your balance. And speaking of focus, my final tip is stay focused. Do not, when you're playing your scales and arpeggios, do not begin doodling. Do not begin trying to improvise or do something else. That's not the objective. So stay focused. So many students, when I say, hey, we're just gonna practice our scales, we're going to uh, ascend and descend from the root to the fifth, and we're gonna focus on our sound and our articulation and our balance. We're gonna create space in between each one so we can make adjustments for improvement. Yes, yes, they say yes. So we begin, maybe after two scales, all of a sudden the doodling, doodling creeps in. So don't do that. Stay focused and, and keep your attention on the scale, the arpeggio, the entry point, the, la the launch point, the destination point. Be musical, pay attention to your sound, your articulation, your balance. Create space so that you can make assessments and adjustments. So much to be focused on. So don't get off track by allowing doodling to creep in. So here we go. I'm going to model for you how I practice the C minor sound. And I'm going to engage my ears um, by having a different launch point and destination point. You're going to hear how I uh, am trying to be as musical as I possibly can when I'm practicing. I'm paying attention to my details. In fact, I just thought of this. I'm going to 
switch the order here. Articulation, balance, and sound. Abs. I'm going to work on my musical abs, right? So uh, I'm going to have different launch points, destination points. I'm going to be as musical as I possibly can. I'm going to strengthen my musical abs, my articulation, balance, and sound. You're going to notice space in between each scale and arpeggio that I play. And I do that again because after each scale and arpeggio, I am mentally assessing and adjusting how good, how much I liked my articulation, my balance, my sound, and what do I need to adjust to improve it. And I'm going to stay focused. I'm not going to get fancy. There's not going to be any improvisation whatsoever. So here we go. First thing I want to do is I want to play the C minor scale from the root to the 13th. I want to get under my fingers and in my ears the entire C minor sound from root to 13th. So here we go. See how I just played the scale? Ascending and descending. Did you notice the space? I played ascending, gave myself space to think, make adjustments, and then I played the scale descending. Once again, leaving space at the bottom so I can make some mental adjustments and then repeat the process over again. Now, I want to do the exact same thing for the arpeggio. So now I'm going to play the C minor arpeggio in the same way, the same manner, from the root to the 13th. I want to digest that entire sound, the entire C minor sound. So here we go. One thing I, I want to stress with these demonstrations, uh, if your technical skills are such, you can play right along with me, uh, at least initially, to kind of get a feel for uh, how the, the process is working. And then, uh, of course, incorporate it into your own playing and uh, begin applying it to the other minor sounds as well, the other 11. The other thing I want to stress that um, I'm playing it at a tempo of 180 right now really just kind of for the sake of time uh, and so the podcast doesn't get too long. But 
I like to practice these scales and these arpeggios in this way, even at very slow tempos, at, at 85, at 100, at 110. So um, if your technical skills are such that that is, uh, allows it to be a more comfortable process for you uh, mentally and physically, then by all means, play it at a slow tempo. In fact, even if your technical skills were very advanced, I would still encourage you to practice this way even at slow tempos. Okay, now that I've got the entire C minor sound in my ears and under my fingers, from the root to the 13th using a scale and arpeggio format, now it's time for me to start breaking the sound apart and focusing on various aspects of the sound. So now I'm going to practice my C minor scales uh, from the root and uh, triads from the root to the fifth. Okay. So, and then I'm going to add a little twist in here for you as well. So uh, very first thing, let's listen to the C minor scale from the root to the fifth and allow our ears to digest that sound. So here we go. Nice and easy, nice and easy. Plenty of space in between each scale. So again, I can make some adjustments, some assessments to my, to my abs, to my articulation, my balance, my sound, and then make any adjustments that I need to make. Now what I wanna do is I want to change my entry point. Instead of starting on the root of C minor, I'm going to begin my C minor scale starting on the third, but I'm gonna only travel the distance of a fifth. So now I'm gonna travel from my third, my E flat, and I'm gonna play that scale up to the, a B flat. So now my seventh is included melodically, right? So now I'm starting, my entry point is the third. I travel the distance or the interval of a fifth, which takes me to the seventh. So listen now how different my C minor becomes, how different my C minor sounds by just shifting my entry point from the root to the third, but keeping the same interval distance of a fifth. So here we go. Pretty cool. 
starts to give you a different perspective. You start to see C minor inverted melodically. So this is like a melodic inversion. So if we started our C minor sound on the third, why not invert it again and start our C minor sound on the fifth? And if we're going to travel the distance of a fifth, it will take us up to our D, which is the ninth. See why it's so important to start and have an understanding of the entire sound? Because we're shifting things around now and we're playing within this spectrum from the root to the, to the 13th. A lot of times I call these like little sandboxes that we're playing in, right? From the root to the fifth, from the third to the seventh, from the fifth to the ninth. So let's do that right now. Let's play in a sandbox, a C minor sandbox, from the fifth up to the ninth, the distance of a, a fifth again, right? So we're going to focus on creating space. We're going to pay attention to articulation, our balance, our sound. Let's see what happens now. Here we go. C minor, entry point the fifth, destination point the ninth. Here we go. absolutely love practicing like this. It does so much to improve my technique, my sound, my balance. It does so much to engage my ears. My ear, ears constantly are developing and getting stronger all the time because I practice in this way. So if I practiced my scale, my C minor scale, from the root to the fifth, from the third to the seventh, and from the fifth to the ninth. Could I not do that exact same approach, apply that exact same approach to my C minor arpeggio? Of course I can. And that's exactly what I want to model for you right now. So now I'm going to play my C minor sound using an arpeggio format from the root to the fifth. I'm going to play the, um, the first note as a quarter note followed by two eighth notes to make it rhythmically correct. So here we go. C minor arpeggio from the C, uh, entry point root, the C, destination point, the fifth. I'm going to leave space in between each, one, each arpeggio so I can make my assessments and make any adjustments to my articulation, to my balance, to my sound. I want to strengthen those abs, right? So here we go.
pretty cool. I, hey, I hope you can hear that I'm trying to be as musical as I possibly can. I don't want this to sound like a scale. I don't want this to sound like an arpeggio. I want this to sound like I'm playing an improvisational line or some melodic idea or motif, right? So I'm trying to make this as musical as I possibly can. I am not approaching this with the mentality of, oh, I'm playing a scale. Oh, I'm playing an arpeggio. Again, I want to practice like I want to play. I want to practice like I want to sound. Okay, so just as we did with the scales, let's do the same now for the arpeggio. Let's shift our entry point from the root to the third. So now our arpeggio is going to travel from the third to the seventh as a triad. So I'm going to utilize the notes E flat, G, B flat, or the third, the fifth, and the seventh. So here we go. Check out how different this sounds. good practice. And I hope that you're picking up on that. And I hope you're getting excited about getting to the piano, getting to your keyboard, and to begin practicing in this way. But before you run off to your piano, I still have some demonstrations to uh, share with you. So sit tight. Now it's time to shift our arpeggio again from the third. We're going to shift our entry point from the third to now our entry point becomes the fifth. So our, our arpeggio is going to travel from the fifth up to the ninth. And it will incorporate the, the G, the fifth, the seventh, B flat, and the D, the ninth. So here we go. Let's make music with this triad, C minor, this sliver of C minor sound from the fifth to the ninth. Here we go. This is a pretty good workout, right? We just played our scales, C minor sound, as scales from the root to the fifth, from the third to the seventh, from the fifth to the ninth. And we did the exact same thing for our C minor arpeggios. We went from the root to the fifth, from the third to the seventh, and from the fifth to the ninth. So much music can be created within these little 
minor sandboxes, if you will, right? These little minor fragments of the, of the entire minor sound, right? We're just taking a little fragment of the entire minor sound and we're practicing making music with that fragment. So now let's enlarge our sandbox. Let, let's make our sandbox a little bigger. So now our minor sandbox, instead of just being from the root to the fifth, now we're going to expand it from the root to the seventh, an intervallic relationship from root to seventh, okay? And we're going to retain that intervallic relationship of a seventh as we shift our entry points. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's begin with our C minor scale from root to seventh. And once again, we're going to focus on be making music, right? We want to be musical. I'm going to focus on the details, my articulation, my balance, my sound. I'm going to create space so I can make assessments and adjustments as I'm practicing. And I'm going to stay focused. I'm not going to doodle. You're not going to hear any improvisation. That's not the objective of what I'm working on right now. So here we go. C minor sound from root to seven. crazy how different that sounds, right? Our ears are going, whoa, wait a minute. Now the C minor sound has a different complexion. It has a different dimension to it. Whoa, the ears are alive. They're awake. They're paying attention. They're growing. So just as we did with our scales and arpeggios, uh, focusing on the root to the fifth, we're going to shift our entry point now. Now we're going to play our scales from the our C minor scale starting on the third, and we're going to travel a distance of a seventh up to the ninth, up to the note D. Check this out. What a beautiful sound, right? See how important it is to invert our melodic ideas, to invert our melodic line, to invert the scale? You see what a difference that makes? It changes everything. So let's continue on. Let's shift our entry point again. Let's move it from the third. Let's go to the fifth. Now we're going to play our C minor sound. 
we're going to play starting on the fifth. We're going to travel the distance of a seventh, which will now take us up to the eleventh. We're going to include the eleventh in our C minor sound this time. Wow. Check this out. Once again, hopefully you noticed, I'm not doodling, I'm not trying to improvise, I'm focusing, right? I'm focusing on being musical, I'm focusing on the details, I'm trying to strengthen my musical abs, my articulation, my balance, my sound, from the bottom of the scale to the top of the scale. I'm creating space, right? I'm just not going from one scale to the next scale, from one scale to the next scale. I'm creating space so I can make assessments and adjustments as needed to get better. So now it's time to shift our minor sandbox again. Now we're going to create, we're going to start our entry point, our minor sound. We're going to begin on the seventh of the minor sound. So we're going to start, our entry point is going to be the note B flat. And we're going to travel the distance of a seventh again. We're going to keep that intervallic relationship the same. So now, check this out. We're going to travel from the seventh to the thirteenth, up to the note A. So you see why I said at the beginning of the lesson it's so important to, to always practice the entire musical sound. It's so important to think of C minor as being C, E flat, G, B flat, D, F, A. Because you want to practice that entire spectrum. You want to digest that entire sound, not just C flat to G. C minor is more encompassing than just that. So here we go. C minor, entry point seventh, destination point to 13th. Let's see what, our, what happens to our ears. Here we go. Now we're getting somewhere. So, guess what? If we did this for the scales, we can do it for the arpeggios. So we're gonna go through the exact same process, right? We're gonna go back to our root. We're gonna start our C minor sound on our root. And we're gonna travel the distance of a seventh up to the seventh. So we're gonna travel from C up to B flat. 
but our arpeggio now is C, E flat, G, B flat. And again, I want to focus on making music. Great musical sound, great articulation. I'm staying focused, no doodling. Here we go. Absolutely love it. I cannot even begin to tell you how many transcribed solos that I have done where the melodic line that the that the, the soloist actually arpeggiates goes straight up, straight up the minor sound, just like that. C, E flat, G, and B flat. So this is why I say don't practice this like an exercise, practice this like it's music, because it is. And you're hearing jazz musicians play arpeggios just like this. And you're not thinking when you hear that, oh, he's playing an exercise. Oh, uh, she's playing a, a, an arpeggio. You're not thinking that at all. You're thinking how incredibly hip is this. So let's keep going. Now we're going to shift our arpeggio, our entry point from the root. Now we're going to start with our entry point being the third. We're going to travel the distance of a seventh again. We're going to keep that intervallic relationship the same, which will take us up to the ninth. So now we're traveling E flat, third, to G, the fifth, B flat, the seventh, and D, the ninth. You're going to love this sound. It's one of my favorite. Check it out. Here we go. I bet you're saying, man, I've heard that a million times when I'm listening to jazzers play. Because that's a very common sound right there. That's a very common line. In fact, I would say it's iconic. Time to shift our entry point again. So now we're going to start on our fifth. So our entry points are fifth. We're going to travel the distance to the seventh of a seventh, which will take us up to the eleventh of the sound. So G, B flat, D, F, fifth, seventh, ninth, and eleventh. Awesome. I think you're going to enjoy this. Here we go.
How cool is that, right? I'm going to share with you a real quick story. I remember reading, this was some time ago, back in graduate school. It might have been a dissertation I was reading or some article um, uh, where uh, Charlie Parker was asked to describe how he, uh, his approach to improvisation. And the quote was that Charlie Parker had said that, uh, that he, he said, I'm not sure how to describe it. I guess the best way to describe it is that I think above the changes is what he said. I think above the changes. So what he was getting at is that when he's playing a C minor, if he's thinking above the changes, he's implying that he's thinking above the seventh. He's thinking in terms of notes the ninth and the eleventh and the thirteenth, right? So Charlie Parker was certainly thinking of the entire sound from the root up to the 13th. So I love that expression that when he said, I'm thinking above the changes. So we have to get used to playing above the changes. So that's exactly what we've been doing here today. You just, you just heard me demonstrate playing from, from the fifth, uh, traveling up to the 11th, incorporating the seventh and the ninth in between. And we're going to just take it a step further right now because we're going to shift our entry point to the seventh, which is B flat. We're going to travel the distance of a seventh. So we're going to travel up to the note A or thirteenth. Or so now we have the seventh, ninth, eleventh, and thirteenth, right? Our arpeggio. Seven, B flat, ninth, D. The eleventh is F and the thirteenth is A. So in the spirit of Charlie Parker, we're going to play above the changes. So check this out. Here we go. What a great sound, right? So listen, if you want to get comfortable uh, playing above the changes, if you want to get comfortable with the sounds of everything from the 7th to the ninth to the 11th to the 13th, you want to get comfortable with the 5th, you have to practice in such a way that your ears are engaged where you're listening for those specific destination points, where you're listening for those specific sounds. So hopefully today, with me modeling the C minor sound, the minor sound, the C minor sound, and how I approach practicing my scales, utilizing scales and arpeggios to explore that sound. Hopefully you have found this to be um, incredibly beneficial. And uh, now that you have a, a process in place, your job is to begin employing this process to the other minor sounds, F minor, B flat minor, E flat minor, and so on. So I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson on practicing minor sound melodically to be beneficial. 
I want to remind you that there is a supplemental educational guide specifically for this podcast that you can download from jazzpianoskills.com. Simply click on the podcast link on the homepage and you'll find this episode along with the supplemental guide. The guide beautifully notates the content of this podcast for all 12 minor chords, so it's all written out. Uh, it's a great resource to have in your jazz piano library and, and to use to use it as a reference when you're practicing. So be sure to check it out at jazzpianoskills.com. If you are wanting to study this topic extensively, I encourage you to check out my Jazz Piano Skills courses at jazzpianoskills.com. My courses uh, are packed with comprehensive lessons that explore essential jazz piano skills. And each lesson of each course contain detailed instruction and illustrations, in-depth educational talks, interactive learning media, traditional guides and worksheets, high-definition video demonstrations in all 12 keys, play-along tracks for you to utilize, uh, and lead sheets as well. Uh, professional and personal educational support is available. And of course, uh, mobile access to all of my courses and lessons from any of, your, of any of your smart devices, whether it be your laptop, your phone, your tablet, your computer, and yes, even your watch. So uh, check it out, jazzpianoskills.com. So that's it for now. Until next week, enjoy this amazing journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.